Well, hello and welcome to the next episode of Courageous Conversations, our podcast about the conversations that you have to have with yourself or with other people that maybe take a little bit of courage, but really take you on to the next level of your life whether that be business or personal. And we have our very good friend, Virginia Brooks from Resolver Recruitment with us today. Hi, Virginia. Hi, Leanne. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. And so I would love to start, we all know you as a recruiter Mm. that specialises in the real estate space, but you were actually in real estate, weren't you? I was. I had um, about 13 years in real estate before I went into recruitment. Okay. So I started off like many of us do, which I know you did as well, on the front desk of an office in Eastwood. And um, from there, gradually moved up to property officer, property manager. I then moved to London and ended up heading up three offices in London. Wow. Um, the property management se- or the lettings section, they call it over there. And um, then came back to Sydney and was managing an office in property management over here, lastly, before I decided to go into recruitment. Why get out of real estate and why recruitment? 13 years is a long time. I was responsible for managing my own team in my last role and I just thought that would be a nice avenue to go down. You know, a lot of people had said to me, why don't you do sales? I'll be honest, I didn't want to work Saturdays. That was my whole reason for never working in sales. Um, And then I thought, well, recruitment is a sales-based role, so I can do that and I can do it in a Monday to Friday capacity. It still deals with people. It still deals with property. It still deals with all the stuff that I like or love. So I thought, why not? And you went and worked for another agency. I did, yeah. And how long were you there before you decided to go out on your own? I was with them for probably coming up to about 18 months. I'd had a couple of clients say to me that they wouldn't work with me whilst I was working for that company. And then they put that company into liquidation and then opened the next day as someone else. So a lot of us lost our commissions. Oh, how infuriating. Yeah, so that left a pretty foul taste in my mouth. I did sign on with the new company because I had no choice at that stage. Then that business was sold. So I decided then to take that opportunity. I'd been talking to a couple of people about potentially doing something on my own. They said to me, if you'll go and do it on your own, we'll give you all of our business. That's what I did. Funnily enough, the person that really pushed me to do it, I've done two jobs with in 14 years. (laughs) How funny is that? Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. And did you start just from home? I started on a dining room table. Right. So, And I spent probably a good year there. And for anybody that thinks it's easy, it's not. I was literally waking up in the morning, going through CVs, organising my day, going out and doing the interviews, typing all the notes up, getting them all out. I was doing it as a one-man band. So on a Saturday, I was exhausted. So, yeah, I was making money and it was fun, but it was hard work until I got my assistant, which was about 18 months later. How did that conversation with yourself go about, okay, it's time to actually invest in myself and employ somebody? Well, you're never going to grow, are you? No. You're never going to grow. You can't go on holidays. You can't do anything. You're tied to that business 24-7 until you get more people. So my mum has always been a massive advocate and very much a sounding board for me with everything I do in my life. I then moved to a two-bedroom apartment because I still wasn't ready to commit to a full-time lease, a commercial (laughs) lease. But I moved to a two-bedroom apartment where I could – it was upstairs and downstairs. So upstairs was another bedroom where I then put my first employee on and we worked together out of that office. We had a great coffee shop across the road with all lounges upstairs. So that became kind of our interview space, which was great. And then we had the conversation that it was getting bigger and we needed to put somebody else on. He wanted to move into a consulting role, so I needed to find another administrator. And it was a conversation with him and mum again and then just thinking, we know what, it's working. The obvious, the formula's working, so it's time to put on your big girl knickers and yep. go into commercial space. So I signed my first three-year lease and that was terrifying. Yeah, I bet it was. Because you're committing to something for three years. Yep. That's a 
And it's a lot of money. You're not just committing to something. Absolutely. Um, You're committing financially. You can't walk away from it. It's not like a job. You can just turn around and leave. No. And I think still even now when I sign a new lease, I'm up to sign a new lease this year, and it's still, oh, God, it's another five years. You know, it's still daunting. Yeah, Even at this stage. And this is like 13 years later. 13 years later. What were the pain points and the actual successes that you kind of reflect back now 13 years later? Invoicing, I think, is always hard, and I think a lot of people don't think about that in business. And um, I've been to a couple of seminars, and one of the things that they all that always comes up is people don't keep the reins tight enough on cash flow and and what's coming in. And I think when I was in my last role, I still had to chase my clients for payment. But it's very different when you're chasing clients for payment on behalf of your client, even though that person's your client. Compared to, it's very personal when you're chasing money. For your own business. Yeah. yeah. So that can be hard and that's having tough conversations with people and, you know, having to take back replacement warranties and things, which are not nice. But if they'd paid your bill on time, that wouldn't have, you wouldn't have had to do that either. So some of those conversations are hard. They are. But you have to have them. Absolutely. Right? And you also, I think that you're better off having them early and setting the expectations right from the word go. Absolutely. Than, yeah, I have to do a bit of debt collection myself in my job so I know exactly well, what we that's do. like. We all do. Totally. Exactly. And then I think having conversations with employees when things aren't going the way that you want them to go as or the way things you should be proceeding. And, and so how do you approach those sorts of conversations? I always do it in a friendly way. Depending on the situation, of course, sure. there's times where, you know, I've had to let somebody go for pretty much stealing and that's just a conversation that's very black and white. It's yeah termination immediately and you do take that very very personally so it's a very easy conversation to have well they're stealing money out of your pocket eventually i mean it's your business yep so that's very easy but you know i think in a small business you do become good friends yes so it is hard sometimes to have that conversation but you've just you've sometimes got to take the emotion out of it you go in always friendly and i've always a big believer in positive negative positive so you okay. always start off positive, slip jab, in the jab, negative, yeah. yep, and then finish with the positive again. Yeah. Generally, it's not too bad. But there's lots yeah. of tough conversations you've got to have yourself. You know, in a down market, we're in a market at the moment that's really tough. Yeah. And still, you've got to get out of bed every morning and think, you know, I've got seven other mouths to feed in the office. I'm lucky I've got a great team at the moment. But it is still frightening that you've got to get up and there's seven people that rely on you and your business for yeah. their livelihood as well. And so I would assume that... People are not employing as readily um, as they were? Different, different. And it's the same, I think, as real estate sales at the moment. Everything, you've got to push that little bit harder. Um, they want that little bit better result than what they would have looked for 12 months ago in a really buoyant market where they had to get people in. They're being a lot more picky. There are more people around, but again, the quality of the candidates still isn't great because what do you do? You get rid of the people in your business first that aren't uh, performing as well as the others. I say that we do this every 10 years for a bit of deadwood clean out. I know yeah. that's a terrible thing to say, <laughs> but it's so true. People are still hiring for the right people, but they're being a lot more dollar cautious, again, about putting on that extra headcount. But yeah. then for us, we've got the temp business as well that I started a few years ago. Um, and we find that that business at the moment is really flourishing because people don't want to put on a permanent headcount. So therefore, they'll go out to a temp solution just to keep that effectively bottom on the seat and that side of the business ticking over until we ride out the next sort of, I don't know, it could be a few months, next 12 months and yeah, see what happens. for sure. You just don't know how long it's going to be. We're all, it's, you know, unfortunately, a lot of it's going to depend on what happens with the election, which we will know the result of by the time this podcast goes to air. So Yeah, anyway, frightening, isn't it? It certainly is. Coming back to that one as well, yeah. I think when you have a business as well, I think it's important, like a sales business, that you have 
two sides to your business yeah, that for sure. you've got one that's kind of your cream which is your sales and that's your residential sales and then your property management is kind of the bread and butter that keeps a lot of the stuff ticking over and that's what we've got with our tent business so I think if you've got any form of a business you absolutely need something that's just a constant rolling revenue stream rather than big stuff that you're relying on yeah that makes perfect sense we were talking before we went to air about uh, difficult conversations you had in your personal life can you tell us a little bit about that yeah that's probably part of the reason that I started my business as well it was just a lot of stuff snowballed at the same time Um, and then that was the start of when everything snowballed with my old employer as well and talking to mum and I'm like you know what well screw you I'm, I'm going to do exactly what I want to do now and what I want to do is do something on my own so yeah. yeah there's stuff in like your work life obviously I'd had things go wrong and then my personal life I'd had things go wrong and then you put them together and they're a really shitty time in your life yeah. but put them together and put them put it in focus and it can actually create something really positive yeah that's the thing isn't it, it can you can use these things to either be a catalyst or to send you to your room and hide under the doona. Totally. Uh, and there's days like that we still want to do that. Yeah. I still want to do that some days. So how do you get yourself out of that when you do feel like I've got seven people relying on me, the market's really hard, I don't want to get out of bed? Don't say you go to Fiji. I don't go to Fiji <laughs> anymore. Um, the market's hard, haven't you heard? Um, that's where, again, my mum is probably my best sounding board, whereas I'll ring her and just like I'll, I'll vent that, you know, I'm down, I'm finding it hard, I'm finding it tough and – her favourite thing is, you know, well, you know what, go to bed early, go to the gym, get up, roll your sleeves up, put your big girl knickers on, go into work, it'll all work out in the end. So, And it's true, it always does. So you just go in and you do what you've got to do. And I think it comes back to the basics, even if a market's tough, is you go back to the basics of what you do and, you know, with prospecting and you just go back to stuff you haven't had to do for a while because the market's been great. But you just go back to basics and you do and it works. Basics always work, right? They do. But you also know what works for you. So you said, you know, go to bed early, get up, go to the gym, do the things that are self-care things. Absolutely. For you. Because it keeps your head right. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes you celebrate, you have a drink, you feel miserable, you have a drink. I generally find that I pull back any form of partying in my, you know, partying but I'm 43 I don't do that much partying, oh you're but poor old thing I know well with two kids at home it's not that simple yes, now, is it? exactly but I just find I've got to go back to basics for me which means really good eating exercising keeping my head right and yeah. then if my head's right then everybody around me's head's right as well because you can be positive and you can be focused and you can be energetic and I think you've got to take into your team every day how you want the team to be so you walk in doom and gloom, it's going to reflect with the rest of the team and yep. that's the last thing that you want. Yep, energy is contagious whether it's good or it's bad. Absolutely. Yep. And you have got to actually make the choice every single day sometimes yep. about the energy that you're bringing into the office. Yep. Yeah. Could completely agree. So how do you manage? You've got two fairly young kids. How do you balance all of that? I've got a very supportive husband. <laughs> got to love those. I know. I'm very, very lucky. Chris stays home a couple of days a week and he's okay. very, very hands-on with the kids. I couldn't do what I do without him. And I think if you're going to have a business, you do, you know, and there's lots of great women out there that go and do it alone and great men that do it alone as well. But I think if you've got that strong support network, I've got a good mother-in-law and my mom as well, so um, who are always around to help. But yeah. primarily, a lot of it does fall on Chris. Thank God he's a good cook as well. Yeah. 
absolutely. Yeah, but he probably keeps the household running and then together we make plans of a weekend as to how the week's going to look. But, yeah, no, I'm lucky and I know I'm very different to a lot of other women out there that I have that support. But I always put in my diary stuff that's important for the kids as well. So I always made a decision that I would always try not to miss out on anything that was important for the kids. So, you know, cross countries and swimming carnivals and Easter hat parades and I just make sure they're in the diary in advance so I can work around them and I'll do everything I can to make sure that I'm there and you know I'd say 80% of the time or 85% of the time I tick that box. Pre-planning. Yeah you have to. Yeah you have absolutely. to. Absolutely and it is important to have a supportive partner whatever that looks like. Absolutely. For you so and having that my husband and I have those Sunday conversations as well yeah. you know where are you this week what's going on. And you on? have cooking so, weekends where you sort yeah. your life out for a week and ahead and you just have yeah. to do it. I do yeah that's right I spent quite a lot of time over Easter cooking I must have made over a dozen different meals that are all in the freezer so I don't have to worry about it now for another few weeks. Yeah but it's yeah. true it comes back to organizing every part of your life and yeah. you you could go out and get takeaway every night but not the best thing but if you can go home and everything's there ready to go yeah. it makes life it makes easier. Makes it easy. Yeah. And so I know you have just joined a, a mentoring kind of program for mm. your business. Can you talk about what made you decide now was the time? Um, I think because my kids are a little bit older. So I've gone through having my business now for 13 years. I've got an eight-year-old and a three-and-a-half-year-old. And I had both the kids throughout the business. So I feel like now is the time in my life that I want to push the businesses really to the next level and I can give it a lot of focus. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to join something that I've joined Power Players, which is a, um, a group by business chicks. Yep. And it's a group of eight women and we get together on a monthly basis and just we we talk through problems that we're having or we talk about what ways we want our business to grow. Everybody's got businesses in different stages, different sizes, totally different industries. Yeah. Um, so we can learn from each other um, on how to do different things that we need to do to push the businesses forward. Yep. Um, and it's just a good support network. You know, sure. I've got a lot of girlfriends that are in senior roles and or own their own businesses, but this is done in a very safe place where yep. everybody is very, very open about what's yep. going on with their business. And it's a very safe place to be able to talk. So, therefore, we can all... We can all learn to grow. Yeah, you don't necessarily, as much as you love your girlfriends, you don't necessarily want to have those financial conversations no. or those difficult conversations. It's a dirty word, them. isn't that money? Yeah. Amongst yeah. friends, like it's just something we don't talk about. Yeah. But I think for this, uh, to go into a safe environment where you're not judged, where it's very, very confidential, um, it's just a good way to be able to expand your knowledge, expand your skill set, and yep. then look at ideas, whether you present an idea to the group and the group says, well, you know what, have you thought about this, have you thought about that, and probably not the greatest idea. So I really yep. want to push the businesses forward now, both of them, yep. and I'm just at the right stage in my life to do yeah, it. Yeah, fantastic. And I saw a, a photo on your social media feed of you actually getting up and, oh, my goodness, speaking in front of I a did. crowd. I did. In front of it was not a huge crowd, but it was about 30 people. But still, I know um, – I know that that's a massive fear of yours. So how did you actually, why did you decide to do it and and talk us through how you actually got the nerve and made it happen? I took one of my team with me. Right. I thought you were going to say you took a pill or something. No, 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 no. no. I took one of my team with me. Um, And I guess we've had so many conversations about this over the years. I actually got up and spoke at one of the catch-up with the property girls earlier this year. Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, of course you did. Um, It's just one of my goals this year. I've got to get over it. I've got to get over it. And I just thought baby steps, so to be able to talk in front of, you know, 25 to 30 people is very different compared to getting up and talking in front of 
300 people. Sure. So I just thought baby steps and see how I go. I actually enjoyed it. Did you? Yeah, because people are asking you questions. It's very interactive. It wasn't just me standing up there talking. And yep. I kind of played it that way as well where it wasn't me just standing there talking. You know, I I would talk for a couple of minutes and then I'd look for feedback from the group um, with questions and I found that really easy. Yeah. So I just thought if I just do baby steps, I'll um, – Hopefully yeah. get there. That's awesome. And, I mean, that's a lesson for everybody that the things that frighten you actually can be fun. Yeah, they can. If you manage it in, in a the way. right way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess I've spoken to you so to you so much over the years about it. It's something yep. I want to do and it's something I get asked to do all the time. So it's just it's one thing. I think you've always got to start challenging yourself. Don't you? You've always got to keep challenging yourself. Yep. So for me that's my big challenge and it's something that I really want to get sorted by so, the end of the year. So what's next with that? Um, I don't know. I, there's a course. I know that the Property Girls did one a while ago that I we could did, go yeah. to. So I was thinking about doing that. Doing that, yep. Probably more towards the end of the year. I've yeah. got a lot on. <laughs> I've got a lot on the next few months. It's all right. I won't push you. I promise. <laughs> but probably around – but I think someone needs to. Do you yeah, know what I mean? I think sure. you need to find people around you that do push you to do stuff out of your comfort zone. Yeah. So as a business owner, you don't have a lot of people that push you to do different things. Yeah. And most people are shocked that me of all people don't want to get up on a soapbox. And I know talk. because yeah, exactly. I was surprised when you told me that it was a fear, but it's a fear for a lot of people. Mm. But a lot of people won't actually do anything about it. Yeah. And I'm a big believer in um, in actually facing the the things that actually scare you. Yeah. Uh, because the more you do it. You know, the more comfortable you become. And the more and you grow as a person, I think, too, and you've got to yeah. keep growing. Yeah, and the more opportunities come your way as well. So I'm a big one to say yes and then work it out later. Yeah, totally. Yeah, even though it um, it might freak you out. So did you lose any sleep the night before? No, I didn't. How I didn't. That? Yeah, it was good. But as I said, you you know that you're going to talk about something that you – That you're comfortable with. Yeah, and you, you know a lot about. Yeah. Um, and you're going in there as the expert and these people are relying on you. So yeah. if I think about it, I was more going to give information rather than going to talk. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's probably how in my head I thought this is going to be okay. And that's what people uh, say to you when they're teaching you about public speaking. Just go with the view of that you're being of service. Mm. to the audience so you have got information that you can share uh, that's of benefit to them yeah absolutely yeah so i think i'll go into that one i think it's barangaroo and yeah. then i'd love to do mat churches which i know you've done i have yeah, yeah. so i'd love to do that one. yeah that's um yeah that was amazing mat churches is, is um an incredible um incredible public speaker and incredible oh, coach in that space so he'll have you writing a book next Oh, God. No, well, I'm working with Christina Guadotti as well. So she's actually my day-to-day business coach and obviously she's written quite a few books as well. So. Okay, so you've got your you've got your individual business coach but you've also got your power, your business chicks power players. Why do you need to do both? Um, Christina kind of keeps me accountable as an individual. Right. Whereas I think power players keeps me in, uh, in account as an individual but also as a business owner. It's hard to explain. I think Christina really drills down into what makes me as a person, what motivates me as a person, um, how I can talk to my team and how I can relay my message to my team on a very personal level Right. Um, because she knows my business, she knows my team. I think when you do power players, it's your business as an overall whole. Right. So they're just different. I think Christina's probably more as a personal coach, business coach. Yeah. And then power players is like a big ideas Understand. how to grow. So yeah, yep. they're two very different, different things, things. And I get a lot 
out of both of them. Yeah. And it's funny, I generally go to both of them when I've had an oh crap moment. So you can go in and you can address a problem straight away. I know business chicks, they call it a hair on fire moment where yep. it's something that's going to be done straight away. So, and I think having the two is really beneficial. I know it sounds a lot. Yeah. When we, um, we spoke to Amanda Gould, who you also know very yeah. well. And Amanda was saying one of the, com- uh, the difficult conversations she had was with Tanja, who's her business coach. Mm. And Tanja sort of, just hot, shining the light on some issues that Amanda was potentially not really addressing. How do you feel when Christina or the power players sort of say they give you the you know case of the bleeding obvious maybe, and you think, oh man, actually I How haven't did I seen miss that. Yeah. yeah, but I think that's why you have them. Yeah, that's why you have them because things aren't always obvious that should be obvious. I think sometimes as a business owner or even as a person, you look for what the most complicated answer could be. Right. Whereas people looking from the outside can say to you, well, why didn't you do that? And you're like, well, actually, I don't know why I didn't do that. So I think you don't always look for the obvious answer because sometimes the most obvious and the easiest answer is your solution. But I think a lot of the time as humans, we tend to overcomplicate what a solution should be. Yeah. So sometimes, yeah, people do point out the bleeding obvious and you think, oh, wow, why didn't I do that? And so you're obviously open to that feedback, otherwise you wouldn't be involved with either of those groups. Yeah, so you I have think, to, don't yeah, you? You, you have do. to be open. You know, I, I don't say I know at all about real estate recruitment. I don't. You know, the industry changes all the time. And, sure. Um, and in business, lots of things change all the time. You know, I met with a client yesterday who's setting up a business out of a co-work space. Yeah. You know, so things are changing all the time. And I think you business coaches focus on businesses, whereas I think you focus on just your business. Yeah. So I think to have those people that are seeing what's going on. The cross-pollination. Yeah. Yeah. And then they can offer you advice as to what's working in one company and obviously not naming names, but yep. they can give you advice of what's working for other people, what's not working for other people because that's what they're involved in. Yeah, and that's so much more important today than it was even five years ago because we are all taking um, technology and change and different structures and, as you say, different working environments. Yeah, everything changes on a daily basis. Hard to keep up with. It is. It's exhausting. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. All right. Well, that has been a really interesting 20-minute conversation. I told you we'd fill in 20 minutes. Exactly. It doesn't take long (laughs) for us, that's for sure. So thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you being part of it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me.